Welcome to the Fresh Expressions Podcast Season 4. I'm calling it the Holiday Edition. I'm your host, Heather Jalad. I'm a local pastor and a cultivator of Fresh Expressions, new faith communities that strive to reach new people in unexpected places. Season four will help you reimagine how you can leverage the fall season and the winter holidays to reinvigorate your church's relationship to your neighborhood and community. If you love this podcast, we hope you'll check out more. Head over to FX Connect, an online community of church leaders who are reaching new people in new places and access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials. You can register for free today at fxconnectus.org. And if you've benefited from this podcast, you can help us spread the word. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or just share your favorite episode with a friend or on social media. Well, Happy New Year, friends, and welcome back to the Fresh Expressions podcast. And I don't know about you, but when I get to the end of the year and the beginning of the new year, there just seems to be a lot of energy and excitement about doing new things. At least that's where I'm sitting. That's 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 coming from where I'm sitting. I always have a lot of energy and excitement to do some new things, to plot a new course, to potentially set some new goals or trajectories for my own life. And so today's episode, I think you will appreciate, and um, it features our one and only Mitch Marcello. I don't know, he has a lot of um, descriptors as to who he is and what he is about, but I would say um, one of the the primary ones at this point in time, he's he's still a new daddy, I guess about six months uh, ago, he became a daddy for the first time. Shout out to you, Mitch, in that new role. Uh, but today he is going to um, undertake to talk to us about dreaming again, and what a great time of year to do that. Uh, Mitch Marcello is um, one of my colleagues here on the Fresh Expressions training team. Um, we've gotten to do some fun stuff together. So Mitch, Mitch serves as a mission strategist and innovation strategist for Fresh Expressions North America. He is the founder and director of Amago Innovation. He also serves as the director of innovation in his local church in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. This particular episode... Um, Mitch will really be kind of drilling down on how we can apply different tools for innovation, um, mission, and ministry in the new year to come. In Dreaming Again, he talks to us about some of the common myths about creativity. And um, one of those being that people are either born creative or not. So I love how he breaks down that myth and really challenges us and invites us to be creative and innovative in this new year to come. Give it a listen. If you benefit from this episode, we hope that you will share it with another church leader and possibly share it on social media and give us a review on Apple Podcast. If you appreciate the content of this episode, you can find more just like it over on our fxconnectus.org app. Lots of videos, lots of audio, lots of wonderful tools for you to uh, really support the mission of 
experimentation and fresh expressions in your local context. Happy New Year. Today's, uh, today's webinar is titled Dream Again. Uh, and just by way of devotion uh, to open our time, um, this uh, scripture passage is, is meaningful and impactful, um, or this verse, I should say. In Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. The church uh, in general is actually known, and you may know this or be aware of this, to be slow to innovate, uh, to try new things for a variety of reasons. And we'll talk a little bit about that today, but not too much. Um, but the, the reality is that we've all encountered uh, uh, transformation uh, in our lives, having followed Christ. We have all, I mean, and maybe another word for that, I would say, is innovate. <laughs> something has changed. There's something new. Um, and in in light of that, our ability and our calling to enter into our creative potential, our creative capacity um, is, is, is right in front of us. It's part of every single one of us. Um, but sometimes we forget that. Um, and, you, uh, and God speaks to us uh, through different mediums and through, through dreams in our imagination. And really, you know, our ability to allow God to speak to us um, in these different ways, these more mysterious ways, I believe, requires a certain amount of surrender in our life. Um, uh, it requires us to be able to approach uh, approach God um, with a willing spirit for us to say we might not have all the answers, but we want to continue to be faithful. And so today, uh, my uh, uh, if there's any sort of nugget, um, a takeaway for you, that wherever you are, um, uh, if you're stuck in some sort of fashion or if you have been there, um, that you can hold on to something from today that can help you to start to get unstuck. Um, I'm going to be talking about uh, imagination, about creativity, and a little bit about um, innovation, and asking for a little bit of uh, participation, if you'd be so willing. Uh, so uh, without further ado, we'll continue to move on. Looking at these pictures, um, I, I want to first recognize, like I said before, that we all get stuck from time to time. And, and this is normal. It's part of all of our lives that what once was new becomes old and fresh eyes and perspectives are no longer that um, over time. And if you feel stuck or in a rut for whatever reason, I'd love for you to answer which one of these pictures um, best relates to where you are. Um, the first picture, um, perhaps you're a boat um, that has been that is on this shore that you're not certain about where the the water is or if the water is ever going to come um, back to allow you to start sailing uh, once again like you used to or maybe you're all tangled up and you're not even sure up where up up from down left from right um, things just kind of seem like this tangled mess or maybe you're in the mud and every time that you try to step on the gas pedal, uh, you just seem to be spinning your wheels. Or perhaps you're the car with snow on top of it, that at first it was a little bit of snow and you could maybe drive in it. And over time, there was more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And before you knew it, you couldn't really go anywhere. 
or maybe there's something that you feel is hidden um, uh, inside of you, just kind of waiting to, to find the key for, to that something beautiful to be unleashed. Or a little bit more about myself, I have cats, so that's uh, the inspiration from this. Maybe you just, you're not sure how you got up here. Uh, and and you're looking around and you're wondering what it looks like to get to get out. I'd love for you to, again, type into chat if you'd be so willing, which, which one of these uh, uh, best relates to where you are in this season that you find yourself? I know for me, um, the last number of years, I have felt like the tangledness uh, is probably the one that most relates to where I am. Um, uh, there just seems every single time that I, uh, <clears throat> I, I seem to untangle one part, there's two more knots to try to untangle. Um, and whenever I try to do something different, it seems like I, <laughs> I might even tangle things up more than I wanted to, uh, or they were in the first place. Wherever you are, um, uh, today, I just, I just want you to know that, that there is hope in Christ in the midst of this, um, that there is an invitation uh, uh, to, to live into the fullness and the reality of who God is and the promises that God has put before us. And, the, and, the, and part of that reality, this, this reality that we unfortunately live in is that we all get stuck, like I said before, in our personal lives, in our ministries, in our faith. But how did we get here? There's a lot of different reasons that we can get stuck. And this is not necessarily a comprehensive list that I came up with, but these are some of the ones that I think are, are most um, uh, true for me. The first might be that there's no, just simply no time. Uh, yeah, you, just getting through the day, through the week, through the month um, is really all we can do to stay ahead. And which is related, maybe we're overscheduled. We said yes to so many things and there's not a whole lot of time. We also live in, in, in a time where I think this shame is just uh, so per so relevant and just so pertinent all around us. Um, one of the things about creativity and our ability to be imaginative is that is that we need to be able to take risks. And uh, with things like social media and feeling like every uh, move and every decision that we make is recorded or could be recorded and, and, uh, and tracked, um, we feel like we need to be perfect all the time. You know, if I say this or, or don't say that, if I create this, what if no one likes it? Um, that can, over time, become very paralyzing and uh, lead us to risk aversion that any sort of risk, whether it's a time risk, whether it's a financial risk, uh, whether it's a social risk, uh, we, we might become more and more aver averse to that because what our experience was before, it was something that led us to tell ourselves, maybe I shouldn't do that. Or perhaps for you, um, you just, you have a lack of inspiration. You don't remember the last time a piece of music penetrated your soul. You, um, I uh, can't remember when you just uh, stared at a piece of art, perhaps listened to a story or read some poetry or just took a, a walk to observe. Or maybe there's just a lot of negativity, you know, the doom, doom scrolling on, on social media, 
It's just negative story after negative story. Or maybe there's unresolved conflict in your life. One of the things about uh, the creative research that that has been done has shown that negativity and conflict, the more that is in somebody's life and in somebody's organization, the less likely creative output will occur. And finally, it's self-efficacy, or another word for that is self-confidence. You might say to yourself, I don't know if I'm creative, and we'll address that in a minute and, and a lot on Saturday. Um, but uh, when we have this inner narrative where, hey, I'm not creative or I've never done something creative um, uh, before, uh, what we actually learn is that, or what we have learned through, the re through research is that that actually decreases our ability to be creative too. What I'd love for you to do is, is wherever, with, if any of those relate to, to where you are, or maybe there's different ones that you can think of about why you think you are stuck right now. I'd encourage you to journal, to write that out, um, and to pray on that, to hand that over to God. Now, there was actually some creativity research done in 1968, and uh, the research um, done around this uh, in, in the creative realm really started around 1950 in a very heavy way um, uh, through a presidential address of psychologists. It was, um, uh, but George Land did some research, and in, in 1968, 1,600 five-year-olds were tested. They were put through this NASA creativity test, and what they found was that 98% of five-year-olds that they tested uh, were creative geniuses. I'll say that again, creative geniuses, <laughs> 98%. So they did that same test with 1,610 year-olds and they found that that de decreased from 98% to 30%. They did it again with 1,615 year-olds and they found that that number decreased uh, from 30% to 12%. And finally, uh, they, they did this test with 260,000 adults over the age 25, and the average age was around 32 years old. And they found that 2% of adults uh, were creative geniuses uh, when tested. There's a lot of reasons for that. And if I had more time, I would talk to you about education, but we are not there. I would encourage you to check out Sir Ken Robinson's work. Um, if you have a chance, he has a brilliant TED Talk, which speaks a little bit to this. But one of the part of their findings uh, that they came across was uh, was this. And, and this is a quote from George Lynn's book. He says, uh, says non-creative behavior is learned. Our proficiency in expressing our creativity gradually drops off as we learn to accept others' opinions, evaluations, and beliefs. What we have seen from our work from adults is that the five-year-old creative genius is still lurking inside, waiting to break free. And when I read this quote, I actually, I think about the church. <laughs> I truly believe, I really do, that the inner uh, uh, creative genius is lurking, waiting to break free inside of each and every single church. Truly believe it, really do. He continues on, he says, creativity is born in the mind, specifically the imagination. The good news is that the imagination can only be suppressed. It cannot be killed. Because every night when we go to sleep, the imagination gets stimulated. 
Therefore, your creative potential, your inner genius is sleep simply sleeping within and just needs to be reawakened and rehabilitated. Now, you, I just read that quote from George Land, and I'll go back real quick, that specifically the imagination, creativity is born in the mind, specifically the imagination. And uh, over time, I've been working with businesses and organizations and uh, of, through this process. There's a process or there's different processes of how innovation occurs, right? Um, the scientific process is a very popular. Design thinking is something that is uh, incredibly impactful um, in this world. But essentially, it's the creative process. Um, but what I've found <clears throat> that is that working with companies and organizations around innovation is that everyone wants to innovate, but especially businesses, uh, they don't value or respect really how this comes about. Um, the word uh, innovation really has become somewhat of a buzzword. Like, what does it? What does that really mean? Um, and how do we get there? From my perspective, I actually in churches and leaders. I think many are just simply exhausted. And we're here today. I think oh, so many people are stuck. And actually being asked to innovate again after the season or even in the midst of the season that we find ourselves is usually the last thing that people want to hear. They say, like, well, we have been in it. We've been doing different. It's all we can can do. What, what do we do? Which is why I think this is so powerful. When we understand that how we actually get to these new ministries, meeting different needs, um, meeting people where they are, that if we're given permission, if you can give yourself permission to actually start by imagining something, by dreaming and inviting God into that process, that is where we begin. So I have a question, two questions. When was the last time that you actually took time to dream? The last time that you invited God into this part of who you are? If I had to guess, the number is pretty low. And I'm, I'm not necessarily just saying three seconds or and I'm not even saying even two minutes. I'm saying uh, an extended period of time to invite God into where we are supposed to be moving, um, how God can be using you. Now, part of my uh, part of my master's degree, my thesis, I surveyed 54 different businesses and organizations. And one of the questions that I asked inside of it, and this was one of the most telling <laughs> questions uh, that that I asked, uh, was, "Do you regularly set aside time to come up with new ideas for your organization?" Now, if you had to guess, how many out of the 54, and you can type into chat. How many of the 54 do you think uh, said yes? This is a yes or no question. I should have said that. So yes, we actually regularly set aside time to come up with new ideas to, to be imaginative or no, we don't, we don't do that. Two out of 54 answered yes. As I said before, uh, most places are interested in innovating, to doing something different. 
but very, very few uh, actually know and value setting aside time to have those conversations. This quote by a good friend of mine, um, Benjamin Conrad, um, says, a sanctified imagination is our source of missional hope, not in optimism or naivety, but in an unwavering commitment to the world God has promised. And I want to be clear, actually, about something is that when we talk about imagination, creativity, and doing different things, the message of the gospel remains the same. I think that's one of the reasons that that uh, churches balk away from it is because, it, you know, there's there's good concern around that. But to be very clear, the message um, of the gospel, but the medium will shift how we go about expressing the good news, where we spend our time, what ministries, what needs we're meeting. So at this point, you might be asking yourself, imagination, great. Uh, what do I do? How do I actually tap into my imagination? And there's actually three um, core truths about imagination that I'd like to offer here. Um, first is that we actually need to feed our imagination. We need to learn, explore, discover. Our imaginations actually need fuel. And it's up to us to actively pursue this in our lives and our ministries. I'll be sharing a couple of ways to gain inspiration in, in a minute, but understand that this is an active pursuit for us to, to seek it out. The second is, is uh, I have the quote from Mary Oliver, pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. And the core truth that I believe in is that inspiration truly is all around us. Uh, one uh, uh, staff meeting that I was a part of, I got to do the devotional. And what I asked uh, our, uh, the staff to do was um, take a prayer walk, but to do it in a specific way, to walk around. And I wanted people to pay attention, um, to slow down, to walk at a very slow pace, and just observe and look for something to be inspired by. I remember uh, Pastor Matt came back and he, sh he shared that he was in a hallway and it was kind of tucked away. And he said, you know, I, I walked through that hallway and I saw that there was a stained glass window in there. And I don't think I realized how beautiful that stained glass window was, but I've walked past it must be a thousand times, if not more. When we slow down, when we pay attention, when we allow ourselves to be astonished, we will tell about it. We will tell about how good, 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 very good God is. And the, the final uh, truth is that curiosity is more accessible than passion. Um, you know those passionate people that you're like, man, they have it all figured out. Uh, they truly love this. They have locked sight with it. And <laughs> I don't know how to get there. Right. There was a there's a devotion to inquisitiveness. Um, I'd be happy to share with you if you're if you're interested, but it was meaningful in my life. And it it said this, that curiosity is more accessible than passion, that and, and in order for us to get to passion, to figure out how God is really going to be spurring us on, we need to pay attention to what we are curious about and to discover God in those places, to sniff it out, follow that road, see what God is doing. Now, there's a, there's a number of different ways, and there's a lot of different ways, and perhaps you have ways that you find inspiration. If you have those, I would love for you to um, type them into chat. 
but a couple of ways that uh, that I think are just really simple and helpful for us to consider are small, actually. How do we gain inspiration? Well, actually, just driving a new way to work, breaking up your routine and routine in a very small way and noticing things and paying attention to it. Trying a different food. Having conversations with people that are different than you, like deep conversations, seeking them out. Reflect on and write down what you're curious about. Learning a new hobby, being bad at something, <laughs> truly being bad at something. Sign up for a course. Um, invite different perspectives into solving a problem. Uh, one of the things inspiration-wise inside of ch uh, ch uh, church teams or even businesses and organizations is that's the same people making decisions over and over again. And that can oftentimes limit uh, what creative ideas that we can actually come across. And take your team to uh, or yourself to a conference or something to go and, and learn about what other people are doing. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more, but the reason for this, there's, an, there's a scientific reason why this, why this works. And, the, and it's an overarching principle. I'm going to nerd out real quick. Um, is that our prefrontal cortex in, in one of its functions is kind of like a hard drive that we download information. And once we have information uh, downloaded, what we're able to do is that we associate it. We start connecting things in meaningful ways. We're actually built to do this. And so when if we don't have those things to access inside of, um, inside of our brain, inside of our, our experiences and personalize our teams, our churches, then it's going to limit what we're going to be able to connect. So even that's why driving a new way to work or trying a different food, there's small ways to experience something new. There might be other ways that you gain inspiration. And again, I'd love to hear it. So imagination. Oh, and I should have said this before. What is imagination? I have the definitions there. But imagine the, the beautiful thing about this is that there is this progression. Um, imagination is really this our ability to come up with different in, images and re, diff, potential realities, dreams and fantasies, and giving ourselves permission to exist in that space. And creativity um, defined, these two words are novel and useful. So uh, imagination doesn't have to make a whole lot of sense. Um, they can be pie in the sky ideas, but for something to be creative is this funneling down where it's both novel, it's both new, and it's useful. And so it makes more sense to what we're trying to ideate or uh, come up with ideas around. But there's a couple of different myths and facts that exist inside of uh, this topic of creativity that I think are really important to dispel. Um, uh, the first myth is that not everyone is creative. Um, you may be sitting there and I've talked with plenty of people who say, well, that's, uh, uh, that's for someone else. That's for the creative team. We have a creative person on the team. They do everything creative, et cetera, right? Um, I would caution you heavily <laughs> um, from ha from acquiring that mindset um, I, in telling yourself that, going back to the creative self-efficacy, everybody, truly everybody is creative. And this isn't just from a, neuro or a neuroscience perspective. This is from a theological perspective as well. Knowing that we have been made in God's image and God being the creator of all things. And part of what we are to, here to do is to create to create culture, to create meaning inside of this, to honor God. And so you are creative. And one of the stories that's shared by um, Tim, uh, Tim Kelly, 
who um, runs or uh, started IDEO, um, which is a design and innovation firm uh, that he shares is that uh, he was having this conversation with his team and this one person says, well, I'm, I'm, I, I didn't, I don't think of myself as creative. I'm, I'm a secretary. I do work with Microsoft spreadsheets day in and day out. Um, I'm not sure how to use this. I don't know what this looks like inside of my life. Um, and so, so as time went on, uh, she, uh, she found out that, or discovered by following her curiosity, uh, that, you know, she really knew what was going on in the lives of most of the staff. And she understood that uh, when someone was having a bad day, so she started buying people milkshakes and delivering them, doing something both novel and useful to go and solve a problem or be, be uh, offer life inside uh, to them, offer joy, something positive. And that was her creative contribution. The second myth is that creativity primarily pertains to the arts. Um, and uh, in so music, I think I, I didn't realize there was a guitar behind me, but ta-da. Um, but music, dance, art, um, uh, writing, poetry are normally what we think of when we think of creativity. Um, and, but creativity is actually part of all we do. Uh, one of the, my favorite stories to share, and I may have shared this on a previous webinar, is about Apollo 13 that there was an explosion on the ship and they needed to figure out what to do. And they use science and they use mathematics and they use ingenuity to go and figure out how to solve this problem. Truly, truly creative. Creativity um, applies to all, in, in all of these uh, realms. It's how we form sentences. It's how we take care of people in our relationships. It's how we raise our children. The list goes on. It truly is in every part of what we do. And the third myth that I wanted to talk about is, is that creativity isn't a skill. Um, creativity is something that happens. It's a flash of insight. It, you either are creative or you're not creative, right? Or if I'm if I'm uh, three on the scale out of 10 of creative, that's all I'm going to be able to, to be. And actually, that is a myth. The fact is that creativity is a skill and it can be trained. Um, and so those ruts that we get into... And there's, there's hope inside of it, there's beauty inside of it. And the reason we know this is actually from Friedrika Riesman. Uh, she's Professor Emeritas at Drexel. And she, when she was doing her doctorate work, uh, what, she, what she wanted to do was she went forward and she said, I wanna measure creativity. And I said, you can't do it. How do you measure creativity? What, what does that even mean? And she said, watch me. <laughs> I, I love telling that story. Uh, and what she ended up doing was that she created this thing called the RDCA, the Riesman Diagnostic Creativity Assessment. And what that is, uh, is breaking creativity down into all of these different elements of fluency, flexibility, originality, elaboration, tolerance of ambiguity, risk taking, intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, convergent and divergent thinking, and resistance to premature closure. And uh, in, in all those, you could test that. They figure out how to actually test whether you are good or not. And then they figured out, well, how can you get better at these different elements? And found that as you got better at these different, these different elements, your ability to be creative started to increase also. So things like fluency, the ability to generate lots of ideas inside of an existing domain, 
or flexibility to uh, the, uh, the ability to produce a large variety of ideas. So not necessarily in that one domain. Originality, so coming up with uncommon or unique responses and elaboration, which is pretty self-explanatory, but that's the number of added ideas or your ability, ability to um, elaborate on an existing idea. The reason that this is so impactful and was such a watershed moment for uh, the creative field is because so many different individuals and places that were saying, you know, I, I'm not so sure about, about our ability to create something new uh, was, was all of a sudden uh, broken wide open. And so sitting here today, I mean, we, uh, you might be thinking to yourself, well, I wonder how good I am. And obviously, I'd love to work with you if you're able to make it on Saturday to this um, and talk more about it. But if, uh, if you find yourself uh, having a hard time tolerating any sort of ambiguity, or if you're risk-taking, like being able to reflect on that and be able to step into some of these things into your, your next year will become easier and easier as you do it more and more and lead to something beautiful. Hey, Mitch, let me just jump in right quick Absolutely. there. Give you a chance to uh, mess with your uh, Zoom on your slides a little bit. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, got it. Um, all right, uh, I'll I'll let you know. You may need to stop and start. Oh, that's it. That looks great. Bingo. Okay. Great. Well, that's actually a great segue um, because I actually wanted to uh, introduce a creative tool. Um, and this is going to require a little bit of participation. Uh, and so the tool is going to be coming after uh, this brainstorm segment. So what I'm going to be asking you to do is we're going to brainstorm together. And we're going to practice some of these things. Um, our ability to be fl uh, fluent, flexible, original, elaborate, etc. cetera. <clears throat> um, but uh, so this is also a brainstorm session. And uh, there's a couple of rules I want to lay down. Uh, first of all, I don't want you to self-censor yourself. So if you have an idea, I'd encourage you to take that risk, send it out there. It's okay. Um, use Tap into that imagination. Um, uh, and, and the other is don't squelch. And I don't think anybody would squelch. Um, but uh, if someone comes up with an idea and you say, you know what, that's not a great idea, or we've, we've never done it that way before, now's not the time. Uh, but our, our brainstorm, what I'd love for us to brainstorm is finding new ways to share personal testimonies in either our church service or throughout our week. And so um, just to talk a little bit more about that, we, we, uh, we're sitting around the table. Imagine with me. We're sitting around the table and we're talking about how we can get our congregation um, and encourage them to share their testimonies and find new ways to do that. Now, there's two limitations to this. We can't be doing video recording testimonies because we've been doing that too much. We've done that a ton and it's kind of played out. We want to do something different. And the second limitation is uh, we can't be asking congregants to share testimonies during worship because we've been doing that a lot too. So um, I would love for you uh, in the next minute or so to be typing into chat uh, what are some of your ideas on how uh, how we can encourage our church and our congregation to share their testimonies 
I've got one while other people are coming up with their ideas. Go ahead and throw Excellent. you in the chat. Uh, one of the best things that we ever did when we planted a church uh, was that we organized what we called dinner for six. Uh, it was where six people had dinner together. Um, and what we found is that there were, uh, we had a lot of disconnected people who found our church socially disconnected. And they were just eager to tell someone their life story. Um, and so really, we didn't ask people to share their testimonies. We just created a space designed where people who didn't know each other had plenty of time to talk and, uh, and it was comfortable. Awesome. Um, and a lot of that stuff came together. That's great. Chris, I'm scared to touch uh, the chat button because I'm, I'm scared I'm going to throw off my slides. Could you read some of the chat? <laughs> sure thing. Sure thing. <laughs> uh, let's see. Melanie suggests a devotional book or social media post with each day Ooh. Uh, being a different person's testimony. Love it. Great. Uh, let's see. Um, Beth just says Photoshop. I, you know, she didn't say much, but I, I think we, you should just run with that. You know, what could you visualize uh, and display digitally that, that communicates a testimony? Uh, that's, that's really great. Uh, encouraging people to post photos on uh, the church's social media and explain how they see God revealed through it. That's a great yeah. idea. They're great. Good, 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 good. All right, now uh, I'm gonna teach you one of the techniques. So there's a bunch of tools and techniques um, from books like this, uh, Creative Acts for Curious People, The Idea Agent, Design Thinking Toolbook, and one of my, and they're all great, Thinker Toys, but there's tons of these, just all these tools that help us kind of think differently. And if you want a list of those books, I'm super happy to send them your way. Um, uh, but I'm gonna introduce one tool right now. And so this tool is called Brute Think, uh, and you'll understand why it's called Brute Think in a minute. Uh, and so Brute Think is a way to force ourselves to see something from a different perspective. I, uh, and the concept is actually somewhat simple. So when we when brainstorming and you feel stuck, take a word, a picture or object and use it as inspiration as you continue to brainstorm. And so in this book, Thinker Toys, it actually has a section for it and it has a bunch of different words listed out. And then you can do this with an encyclopedia or a dictionary if those still exist in the digital age, um, or you could do it digitally um, and just pick a random word. So your not so random word, because I had to pick one out, is coffee. So we're going to continue brainstorming, uh, but we're going to allow the word coffee to inspire us uh, inside of our brainstorming. So while, while you're thinking about, well, how does, how does testimonies and coffee, how do they re relate? Um, I'll start off, I'll give you an example. Um, so coffee, to make a cup of coffee um, requires multiple steps. And so you take the bean and you need, you, know, uh, you need to pick the bean and you need to grind the bean. And then you need to, uh, need to put a bunch of that together and then you need to add hot water. And so there's all these different steps to making coffee. Um, I wonder what it would look like to collect different parts of different people's stories and see what it would look like um, and what, uh, uh, what overlap, what parallels and being able to connect them and see what, uh, what comes about from collecting all these different stories. Coffee. Chris, 
Does anyone have a coffee inspired idea? Yeah, Eric says, uh, what does the smell associate? How, what, what do you associate with the smell? Yeah. It's actually when you, um, they, when you're testing a new coffee, they, they have a whole system called cupping mm. uh, where you smell and you try to identify specific uh, flavor hints uh, just through the smell. So how could you, what would that, how would that uh, associate with God? That's, great. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's great. I'm going to do one more. And uh, now, so we talked about a word. Now I'm going to give you an image. And the image is lighthouse. Now that we practiced a little bit, um, this image of a lighthouse, how does the image of a lighthouse influence your brainstorming of how to come up with testimonies um, or share testimonies when looking at this object? Uh, what if you shared it on stage on a Sunday, but turned all the lights off? Say more. Right. You just had someone share their testimony from stage, but it had to be in the dark. What? Like, all right. Exactly. See what's happening? This is brilliant. Yes. Yes. Beth says, uh, looking for the light that brings impact. That's beautiful. Yes. All right. So, oh, great. I'm I'm super happy this worked. But I'm gonna as you keep on typing, because um, <laughs> it does work. But uh, uh, but the uh, I'm gonna explain why this works. So just one more time, is because as I was saying before, we're an association machine, um, like, and that's part of who we are. We can't help but associate things together. And oftentimes, like when we are stuck. It's because uh, we haven't found different things to to inspire us. Um, we haven't uh, given ourselves the opportunity or the ability to associate with something different. Again, it, it can be conversation. It can be during a brainstorm session. It can be by visiting and, be, and seeing what other people are doing and bringing that back into our context. But with that um, that stuckness, that's part of it. Um, uh, I, want you, I want you to hear that, but that's one tool. And I know uh, um, our time is running a little bit uh, short and so I'll, I'll keep on moving, but I hope that something like this, whether you incorporate that in your personal life of, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to force myself to drive a different way to work or, or uh, change this habit or uh, learn guitar or whatever it might be. I promise you that's something that will be bring life and if you uh, continue to follow your curiosity, it will be something beautiful in your life. Now, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about innovation today, uh, mostly for the sake of time. And uh, we'll be talking more about that on Saturday. Um, but the innovation, innovation is really, it's the, the actualization of creativity. It's creativity sent um, is, I think, one of the quotes from Steve Jobs about what innovation is. Um, and, and so oftentimes, you know, we have all of these brilliant ideas, but bringing them into reality um, can be sometimes more difficult than we think. Um, and that's why, you know, working with Dee on, on, uh, on Saturday is going to be such a great experience because she'll be helping us do exactly that, to be able to, to understand what are these things that I can take risk around? What are these areas of my life um, that I perhaps feel some shame um, and how do we start uh, shaking that loose in order to step into this and experience something new, whether it's inside of our church or our lives or our ministry?
kind of wrapping up, um, I I would I, I just want to um, uh, offer you a word uh, as you leave today, and um, and that word is permission. Um, this has been an extremely important word um, in my life. Um, permission to dream, permission to set aside time to imagine what the world um, could be, what the world should be, not necessarily how it is. Um, and, and truly permission to invite God into this part of who you are. The Bible is uh, full of examples of how God speaks to us uh, through dreams. And God hasn't stopped doing that. I wonder if it's just a matter of us allowing God to enter into those spaces um, and inspiring us in perhaps a different way where there's more mystery and a little bit more curiosity and exploration. Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we live, work, eat, and play by leveraging the creativity and endurance of the inherited church. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressions.com backslash how to start. Want to learn more from the Fresh Expressions team? Head over to freshexpressions.com slash training to learn ways we can work together to provide coaching, training, and inspiration for your church or organization. You can also get more resources like this on FX Connect, an online community full of other church leaders passionate about reaching new people in new places. Access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials and connect with other church leaders at fxconnectus.org. Season four of the Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by me, Heather Jalad. It's edited by Joel Limbaum and produced by Jeanette Statz, Kathleen Blackie, and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you have learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now, may God bless you in your work for the kingdom.